Ernest, what's up? Y'all know I'm big on doing your research, sharing your research, and giving credit to where you found the research. But I always get asked the same question. Where do I start with the research? And the answer is easy. It's our sponsor, Yahoo Finance. Whether I'm tracking the daily movement of my favorite companies, doing technical analysis with their easy-to-use charting platform, or checking balance sheets, Yahoo Finance makes something very complex simplified. For more than 25 years, Yahoo Finance has been the brand behind every great investor. Whether you're a seasoned investor or you're looking for extra guidance, Yahoo Finance gives you all the tools and data you need in one place. They're the number one finance destination producing a holistic look at the financial news cycle, including breaking news, original editorial perspectives, analyst ratings, independent research, customizable charts, and so much more. You could actually securely link your brokerage accounts for a unified view of your wealth, including your 401k and other investments. A comprehensive perspective is what sets apart great investors. And it's how Yahoo Finance ensures you have the insight to look at your wealth in its entirety. With a community of over 90 million users each month, their real strength is helping you on your way to financial success. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit the brand behind every great investor, yahoofinance.com. The number one financial destination. That's yahoofinance.com. You heard me, yahoofinance.com. Don't wait, don't hesitate. I use it. You should go over and start using it now. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the, did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. All right, guys, welcome back, EYL. This is going to be a very fun conversation, um, something that we have not talked about as far as on the real estate side, international. Um, Denise Williams, you have transitioned and you moved to the UAE. You live mm-hmm. in Dubai now. Yes, I do. And now you have a independent brokerage, mm-hmm. real estate brokerage in Dubai. So you are the first black woman to have a real estate brokerage in Dubai, correct? Yes. Yes. So this is a full circle moment because we met in Atlanta yeah. at a hookah lounge, I believe. Yeah. Sounds about right. <laughs> right. And the, the, the last time we met, um, we were in Abu Dhabi. Yes. So I'll tell that story because I think it's a good story to tell. So we, we gotta we gotta also pay homage though to another time that we met Denise. Mm-hmm because she was instrumental in us sitting down with Master P. Let's not forget that. So we right, were in Miami, right. and uh, you were uh, doing some stuff with Rap Snacks and mm-hmm. said, there's an opportunity here, guys, if you come down tomorrow yes, to interview Master P. And we were like, we'll be there tomorrow. <laughs> we'll be there. And, and so, that was a dope interview. 
It was a. Uh, it was like the first time we had like a live audience inside oh of it, so it was definitely dope. And that was two years ago, which yes, is crazy. That's so crazy. again, thank you for that because that was Welcome. definitely a moment. Absolutely. Yeah, that was dope. We interviewed Fat Joe right before that, and then we went to um, Master yes. P interview Master P. So that was dope day. Um, so yeah, so the Louvre. The Louvre. <laughs> Fast forward. <laughs> the Louvre is the most prestigious museum in the world in Paris. If anybody has not been, I highly suggest that you go. It's the Absolutely. pyramid that you always see, and it's an underground museum mm-hmm. in Paris. So there's only two Louvres in the world. There's one in Paris, obviously, and there's another one, which people might not know. There's another one in Abu Dhabi. And it's gorgeous. And the architect, the person that built the Louvre in France, they brought him over to Abu Dhabi, and he built the Louvre Mm -hmm. in Abu Dhabi. So the last time that we was there, vibes on top of vibes. We were at the Black Tie Steve Harvey's yes. gala. I believe we were winning at that gala. <laughs> Y'all did That's win. That's a fact. Y'all got an award. That's uh, not just any yeah. award. I mean, we got a trophy. You got a trophy. We won the golf tournament. That's yes. A, yes. yes. Shout, <laughs> shout out to Steve My Harvey. serves me correctly. Yes. Shout out to the good brother Steve Harvey, man. Shout out to Tabidi. Shout out to the whole team. We yes. definitely won that night. Um, that was that was amazing. Um, Let's not leave that out. So yeah, so and then so you was telling us about what you was doing then. Yes. And how you, you know you you was moving around in the UAE and mm-hmm. Dubai. The UAE period is just an amazing place. It's crazy. And I feel like they've taken the best parts of every part of the world. Mm-hmm. Like they so when you go there, and I'll let you talk about it. We went to Dubai and then they they have something that looks just like the Venetian in mm-hmm. Las Vegas with the waterfalls. Yes. And then they have Francis. they have the the Louvre. They have um, you know man made islands mm-hmm. where it looks the like palms. it looks mm-hmm. like you in St Thomas or yes. something like that. Like yes. they literally have taken the best parts of every part of the world mm-hmm. and created like an all star team. Yeah. Michelin chefs. That's the best way to actually describe it. Five star hotels, marinas, yes. largest mall in the world, largest building in the world. Everything. Dubai is all about the biggest, baddest, best, shortest, tallest. The like biggest Venice. and the biggest. I like this. I like uh-huh. going like with this. Going this. That's a fact. <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to get into all of that. But first and foremost, yes. thank you for joining us. Appreciate it. Thank you for having me. Yes. So, all right, let's get into this. How do you, how does this even happen? You're selling real estate in Atlanta. Yes. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, how do you even transition to move to, to Dubai and start selling real estate, open a brokerage? Like, how does that even happen? You know, um, first of all, thank you guys for having me. Mahaba, Ana Denise. Um, So I just want to say thank you so much for this moment, right? This is so important for us to just share our experiences. And uh, making the decision to go to Dubai didn't start in 2021 when I first visited Dubai. Mm -hmm. Making the decision to go international actually started when I started my real estate brokerage. So the name of my company is Williams & Co. International Realty. Mm -hmm. So I had vision. Before hiring my very first agent, I always knew I wanted to have a global brand. And so I gave myself a five-year plan that I was going to say, okay, in five years, I'm going to start my first international brokerage. Um, But initially, I was thinking I would do something within like a four-hour flight of Atlanta, something that was same day, okay, go in and out. But then when I visited Dubai in 2021, again, attending Steve Harvey's gala, that was the first year that they hosted it. So shout out to Paige for the invite. I was actually in South Africa and she was like, you need to come to Dubai and come to this gala. I was having my first international um, engagement then. Flew over, absolutely loved it. So it was cool to be able to hang out with celebrities for the weekend. But what stood out to me most was the cranes in the sky. I was like, whoa, 
this city is an emerging market. Like, what is going on? There are so many buildings being built. And I really evaluated what they've been able to do in the last 50 years as the UAE. They came together 50 years ago and said, look, we want to create this dynamite environment for tourists, for everything. If you think about it, they literally built everything that you described in a desert. Mm -hmm. And so I'm just like, I need to be a part of this growth. Where are the American realtors? What's going on? Who's telling Americans that this is an opportunity zone for them to invest in? You know, a lot of times with us, because the U.S. is so far away, we don't really look outside of the U.S. And because we've been so spoiled to be number one for so long, we're like, we're good. We're comfortable. Mm -hmm. So for me, it was just like, this is a huge opportunity for me to be the liaison between the U.S. and the UAE in the real estate sector. And so I was like, you know what? Let me put a plan in place. Let me see if this is something I want to do. So I went out about three more times before making the decision to officially move. The third time I flew my mother out and I was like, mom, I just need you to feel the energy. I just need you to, you know me more than anybody. Do you think this could be a good decision? And she was like, I see the vision, go for it. And that was the final word that I needed to say, you know what, let's try it. And I'm like, if you're gonna go international, what better place than Dubai? It already speaks for you. Mm. The luxury is there. I just need to be there and position myself in a, in a situation where, that already aligns with my brand. I have proof of concept. It's just about doing what I've already done in a new place. So let's talk about that. I mean, foreign land, international, yes. you're creating a business. Yes. So talk about what that was like going through the process of creating it. Because here, when we, yes. we think about creating business, we think LLC, we mm -hmm. got to get an attorney, we got to get things trademarked. What was that process like doing it in Dubai? Mm -hmm. And then I guess the follow-up part is that I mean, this is a is a country where the woman's role is a little bit different. So talk about that as well. Okay. Is, is it? Well, or, or, or is it? That's a good question. So for the first part of your question, as far as setting up a company and being there, I didn't want to try to figure things out on my own. I'm one of those people that I'm going to pay for information. <laughs> you know, so I partnered with a company that could help actually help me to start my business. So instead of going on Google and trying to piece together the situation step by step by step, I actually hired a company that helped to put me through that process. Mm -hmm. So I said, hey, this is my vision. This is what I want to do. I want to start a company. So just to give you an idea of how the process works, you partner with a company in the local area of Dubai. You decide if you want to be in a free zone on the mainland area. The mainland is obviously going to give you more rights to be able to sell and do what you need to do for the full city. And then free zone has certain pockets. So they set my company up and you pay per activity that you want to do. So because I have a real estate company, I actually have to pay for leasing. I have to pay for sales. I have mm -hmm. to pay for commercial. So you identify kind of what activities you want to have within your licensing. The other thing that's unique about the Dubai real estate market when it comes to like starting a business and getting residency is that they actually require a medical exam. So you also have to take a medical exam to make sure that you don't have any infectious diseases because they will decline your application. So that to me is, you know, that's different, right? A lot of countries don't think that far ahead, but they're trying to preserve the lifestyle of what they've developed. Um, so that's another part of it. And then obviously you get your Emirates ID, which is very, very important. You can't move around without your Emirates ID. It's like your rights of passage. Mm -hmm. Like everything that you do is tied to that Emirates ID. And it's so efficient, right? Because your license is tied to it. Your medical history is tied to it. Your address, everything that you need to get to whatever door you need to go into is on that Emirates ID. Mm -hmm. So it's it's a really efficient system. I like the way they do things. We met a few people from New York when we were there that uh -huh. moved from New York to, uh -huh. <laughs> to Dubai and they were saying how much they loved it, how mm -hmm. peaceful it was, how yes. you know, it was just a change of scenery that they needed. And yeah. um it they don't they didn't really have any 
plans on coming back to America. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, come back to visit family, stuff like that. Yes. But it was like, it, it just doesn't make sense to go through <laughs> go the hassle and vassal, the hassle <clears throat> of living in America, especially like, you know, a city like New mm-hmm. York City, when you can just live in the UAE um, with a much better quality of life. Yes. So, all right. So um, you go, you get all of this. Hold on, before we go there. The woman in business. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, I mean, what you're saying is true, right? Maybe it's not different. So, like, that's even interesting. Yeah. So why'd you, why, why did you say it, why'd you say it's different? Because so, this, this is, no, I'm asking Troy. Why am I saying it's different? Because, yeah. I mean, stereotypically, right, when we, it's a predominantly Muslim country, we know that. Yes. And, and, and the role of, and countries with Muslim populations, we see that the woman's role is a little bit different than in American society. Mm-hmm. And so I'm thinking of it as an American woman going into a Muslim populated country. Mm-hmm. Were there some obstacles? Were there different type of like stipulations that you had to do to get into business? But yes. even that, but that's not necessarily, but this is an important stereotype. <clears throat> yeah. Because it's not necessarily true though, right? Because there's so many different countries. Every country has different cultures. Mm-hmm. America yeah. has a different culture, mm-hmm. right? So it's like, all right, if you go to a country like Nigeria, yeah. that's going to be different <clears throat> than a country like Indonesia. Mm-hmm. which is going to be different than a country like Saudi Arabia or different than a country like UAE. Uh-huh. So I think that it's an important misconception mm-hmm. because there's rem- there's women rights issues in America. Absolutely. If you really think about it, like there's yeah. women disparities where we live. Absolutely. So even that conversation might be not totally true Mm -hmm. um but i think that it's important to address that because it's like people have misconceptions which can lead people not to go or can lead people to have already a barrier that's built up but everywhere has different cultures yes it's very important to respect the culture that you're in including american culture american culture is different right like people come to america they respect the american culture Mm -hmm. so Yeah, what's your experience as well? That's what I said, said, stereotypical. Yes, yes, yes. No, I think that was actually a great response to that because there are a lot of stereotypes and misconceptions that we've been taught over time. And and I will say this, it's not necessarily just the stereotypes, it's the history, Mm -hmm. right? So part of it is true based on history. However, now where we are in 2023, a lot of that has been lifted. A lot of those rules and laws have been changed. So that's the beautiful part about being in an emerging market. Mm -hmm. I've now been able to enter into a market in a time where they are willing to be more open and embrace women in business. So it's a beautiful time for me And one of the things is like, as you mentioned, because there's disparities all across the world, oftentimes we look at that as like, oh, I can't do it because I'm a woman. Maybe I'll just wait or I need to have this male partner. I need to do this. For me, my perspective is how do I change this complete disadvantage into a USP? And by doing that, going into a market or an area where women are still learning their voice, they're still trying to figure things out. Whereas in America, a lot more women have like you know, there's women empowerment and they're pushing in a lot of woman-owned businesses here mm-hmm. in the U.S. versus going into a market where they're still trying to figure it out. So what does that mean for me? Now I get to have a greater opportunity to stand out as a woman in business to say, hey, let me show you all. Let me be a pioneer in the space. Let me teach you guys how to conduct business, how to do business, because now the women in those areas are starting to see themselves more as entrepreneurs and more as business women. So now I've really been able to 
position myself, if you will, as a thought leader, as a businesswoman in a new region. You become the authority. I become the authority figure, you yeah. know? And that was another reason that I decided to relocate from Atlanta is because I was really starting to feel like I was outgrowing my environment. You know, it's just like a shark in a tank, right? The shark is only gonna grow as large as the tank will allow. But if you put that same shark in the ocean, it'll grow to be over eight, eight feet tall. Mm -hmm. And I was feeling like, you know, we put so much emphasis on toxic relationships. We'll say, oh, this man did this to me, this woman did this to me. But what, do we really think about how toxic sometimes our environment is to our growth? And so when I realized, like, I wasn't waking up feeling inspired. I'm going to the events. I'm seeing everybody that I always know. I was ready to shake things up. It's time to see new things, meet new people, have a more diverse clientele base, have a more diverse friend group. You know, Dubai is in the center of the world. I'm meeting people from every different part of, you know, walk of life. And so I think people need to give more credence to, like, their environment as well. So let's talk about, you talked about being a woman. Yeah. So it hasn't been a hurdle for you. It has not been a hurdle from the degree of it's impossible. Because I think it's been painted as if, like, it can't be done. You can't wear this. You can't do this. You can't say this. But I will say that there's still like, you know, some just some little residue, you know, from what it is because it's still growing. So you still have to respect the culture. For example, this isn't something that I would wear into a government building where, you know, you're going to cover up. You're going to make sure that you are respectful. And I don't have a problem with it. Another barrier. Let's have some transparency. Um, another barrier that I did experience as a woman uh, was that I'm a single mother. And so because I've never been married and I've never been divorced, I couldn't provide a birth, uh, not birth certificate, a marriage certificate or a divorce certificate. And that's one of the prerequisites for your child to get a visa. Mm. And so because I couldn't provide those documents, I experienced some hurdles, some additional fees, some, you know, um, in getting his visa. So it actually kind of held him up from being able to start school. So although it was frustrating for me, it was also like, Denise, you have to give credence to the culture. That's not how things run here. They admire families they push families you know the the men have more rights to the children mm -hmm. in this part of the world for example a lot of women won't get a divorce because they know that their husbands can get the kids you know so things are different it's just about respect and then you take the good with the bad i think that um it's an important conversation to have because as americans we kind of have a superiority complex yes where we think that how we do things is how everybody should do things. And if somebody doesn't do things the way that we do things, then they're uncivilized mm -hmm. or they're savages mm -hmm. or they're backwards. Mm -hmm. And um, it's not necessarily true. It's just a different culture. And I remember yeah. um, even they were talking to the president of, I believe, Kenya. I don't want to get the country wrong, but it was a country in East Africa, I believe. Mm -hmm. And um, they had some rules on gay marriage. It was mm -hmm. not allowed. Earners, what's going on? Listen, EYLU is relaunching, revamping, retooling. That's right, we're creating a new educational experience that's more expansive. Shari, tell them what we got. Yes, 2023. We got a lot in store, a lot planned for you guys. So you know that EYLU already includes monthly financial planning calls with me, book club calls with Troy, real estate calls with MG the Mortgage Guy, access to the home buying blueprint, volume one and volume two. Part of the revamp will include 27 local chapters from across the United States, live interactive teaching, hands-on, not just pre-recorded videos, plus 15 brand new curriculums. The biggest just got bigger. Head over to EYLUniversity.com. That's E-Y-L-U-N-I-V-E-R-S-I-T-Y.com. See you there.
So the guy from Britain, I think it might have been Pierce Morrison, one of these guys from Britain, they were saying that, you know, it's a backwards way of thinking and different things of that nature. And he was like, well, you're trying to force your value system on us mm -hmm. when we're a country that's just 50 years old. Yeah. Like when your country was 50 years old, you had all kinds of child labor laws and mm -hmm. all kinds of issues that you haven't right, right. still to this day fully dealt with, racism, different things of that nature. So it's like, mm -hmm. you're trying to impose a value system yeah. on us where just let us get to that point if we get to that point, right? Yeah. Or yeah. just respect it and don't come. Yeah. But um, I think that that's something that's extremely important for Americans to understand. Like, when you go to somebody else's home, mm -hmm. it's not like to say, like, I'm going to impose my will on your culture. Yes. And that's even something that Swiss Beast told us where he was like, you know, talking about Saudi Arabia and, you know, he's talking about money. Mm -hmm. And he was like, the cheapest thing you can do is ask for money. Mm. Like, you know, you think you're getting over because you're overcharging for a show. And that's not the best way to go. He's like, if it was up to me, I'd do a show for free. Yeah. Because I understand the long game. Like I'm yeah. trying to like, it's not about me trying to, you know, beat you over the head and, and get a quick lick. He's mm -hmm. like, we got to stop thinking about that. Like it's yes. about really experiencing the culture, learning the culture, seeing how you can fit in, how yes. you can add value to the culture as opposed to just coming over with a, that's really like a European mindset of being a conqueror. Yes. And that's something that I think, you know, you have to, when you go to different parts of the world, you got to be diplomatic. You can't come as like, this is how we are coming. Yes. And we are going to impose you our cannot. life on you. You cannot. Because it's not it's not their way of life. No, it's not. No, I couldn't agree with you more. Like going there with an open mind is the number one thing that you have to do. You cannot Americanize every experience, you know? And that's why even at the start of this interview, I spoke Arabic just to show respect to the culture to let them know that I want to even embrace them in on this conversation because they too want to know about American culture. It's a give and it's to take. You know, I've learned so much more about family values and also, you know, just many different things from the culture. And yeah. I think everyone should have an international experience. How old, how old is your child? He's 14. Yeah. Okay. Let's talk about that for a second. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. So like when you spoke to your mom and mom said, mm -hmm. I see your vision. What's that conversation that you're having now with a teenager? Yes. But it's not like we're transferring to a new school district. Mm. We're transferring. We're going to a whole nother country different way of, I'm assuming, different language. Yes. So what was that conversation? How receptive was he to your vision? So my son is one of the most understanding children ever. Like, I absolutely love Destin. Shout out to my baby. Um, so what I did was I actually put this plan into motion for a year behind the scenes. It's not something anyone knew about other than my mother and people that are very close to me. Mm. Um, even he was not in on that conversation. I waited until about two months before we actually moved to let him know because I didn't want to distract his mind. You know, you need to focus on what's going on right now. But when I told him, he said, okay, you know, he was open to it. Fast forward, he is living his best life. When I tell you Destin is the man over there, they love his accent, <laughs> they love his hair. While we over here trying to straighten our hair, they're like, he has the coolest hair in school. He, we love the way he talks. The, you know, it's just he's embracing it. But what I love the most, and he even pointed this out to me, he was like, Mom, you would have never let me be more fr be free. And by what he means by that is he actually gets to call his own taxis. When he needs to get his hair cut, he'll call a ride and he'll go. If he needs to go to football practice and I can't make it, he can call and he can go. Or he can have our driver take him. So we get to move around in a different way where he gets to actually be a teenager and walk the streets and feel relaxed. Like, 
the police don't even carry guns over there. Yeah, that was, teenagers, yeah, teenagers yeah. get to go to the mall and hang out with their friends and not have the fear of like, you're going to be stereotyped that you're going to walk out of here and steal something. He can actually enjoy life. And so many of our young men just don't get to experience that freedom of mindsets. He can truly focus on your schoolwork, enjoying yourself, being safe. That's it. You don't have any additional pressures or fears of gangs and this and that. You know what I'm saying? There, every culture has its own uh, different things and ways of living. But I think that this is one of the most important decisions I could have made for him is to pull him out of this environment, especially as a single mom at this stage of his life. Yeah. You know, a lot of people may say, oh, I lived in Germany when I was three or four years old. That's not going to change the trajectory of your life. My best, my son's best friend is Chinese. I'm like, you need to stay close to him. Look, he might be, <laughs> you know, president of China, <laughs> you know, or inventing something, you know, because it, it, and what I love the most about this experience for him is making him take his entrepreneurial journey more seriously. Because now he's meeting kids his age that own businesses. You know, their parents have maids and drivers and they're living in these huge homes. So it's not just the exposure he's getting from me now. It's like, oh, my mom is on to something. You know, he started his own company, TrickyMess.com, where he's selling graphic T-shirts, shoes, and hats. So I'm very excited for him. So before we, I want to get into this investor conversation. But before that, the last mm -hmm. social aspect of it, you talked about being a woman. Yeah. But you also are black. Yes. Black American. So how how's that aspect of it as far as being a black person? Mm -hmm. in Dubai? I love that question because I get it all the time. Um, so they kind of characterize and put us all in a melting pot there. They just assume we're all African. The reason being is because of our skin tone. Until you start speaking, then it's like, oh, okay, she may not be African, but she's somewhere different. Sometimes I get America, but sometimes I'll get something else. So my point is there aren't enough Americans on the ground. And that's one of the reasons why I'm there is like to spread the word like you all, you can come here, you can live here. They do accept us. They do embrace us. Like they love our accent. They love our culture. They watch everything that we do. Mm -hmm. It's just that they don't have the relationships in real time to really like say, OK, that's what an American looks like. That's what they you know, that's their culture. And that's what they do. Um, so, yeah, I love it. They love us. So get rid of that mindset that they don't because yeah. I mean, like I said, we. Steve Harvey's probably the biggest advocate for Yeah, yeah. yeah. While you were talking, that was the first thing I was thinking. With Steve Harvey? Because he had spoke to us during his interview, and he was like, imagine just waking up and walking outside and not having any worries. There's no crime. That's the feeling. There's, there's no pollution. There's no garbage anywhere. Yes. There's no homelessness. Mm -hmm. Everybody's at peace. Mm -hmm. Imagine what that would be like. So as you're saying it, he's the first thing I thought of. And mm -hmm. I thought, like, imagine your 14-year-old son in Atlanta. Yes coming out of an environment where those, some of those things are happening and yes. not being at peace, the amount of creativity, the the freeness of his thought, yes. what he can be create, create now, it just opens up his mind, right? This is like the real exposure. Absolutely. This is the real social studies this class. This is the real social studies class, yeah. you know? But but even our guy, um, Oasis. Yes. yes. I hope I'm not pronouncing his name incorrectly, Shout but to o. he's, you know him? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, he so he, he was, um, yep, yep. Mm -hmm. He, uh, yeah, he's Steve Harvey's business partner. Yeah. Um, so, during that interview that Steve Harvey gave when he was talking about his business partner that is so disciplined, that prays all the time, mm -hmm. da, 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 that's like 30 years old. That's who, that's the guy that he was talking about. So yeah. when I met him, he's actually from the Bronx originally. Wow. I didn't know that. Yeah, so yeah, his yeah. family, he's his mom, I think, is American black. Mm -hmm. His father is from the Middle East. Um, but, you know, he looked black. And he mm -hmm. grew up yeah, yeah. In, in America, and then he moved over there. Mm -hmm. And... Um, 
I mean, he's assimilated he's perfectly. Killing, he is killing it. That was a Everyone knows. And that's the other thing, too. It's like all of the Americans, like, we know each other or know of one another. So it's still a very, very unique um, community that we're building right now. Um, so I really love the the place. and It couldn't have been a better time. He's getting to it. Yeah, that's what I said. He's oh, he's getting all the way to it. <laughs> getting to it. So, he's getting all the way to it. That, that, might have been an under, that definitely was an understatement. But yeah. it's like, even in having conversations while we were there yes. with, with uh, Black Americans, it was like, you want to talk about vision. Everybody has a vision. Everybody Everyone. has a clear plan. Yeah. When we talk about generational wealth, their parents also had it. And now they're living it. Yes. So it's a very, it's a very unique place. Mm-hmm. Very unique. And I do want to also make mention that this is not real estate is not the only market no. that's open. Everything. It is an emerging market in every industry. So whether you want to do content creation, whether you want to do hair, whether you want to do nails, like it does not matter. No, it's, There's it's, so many opportunities to develop and grow relationships in this area. So let's get to this investment conversation. Okay. All right. So let's okay. give us some game on how we can invest in real estate in Dubai. Airbnb, short term, long term plays. Um, okay. Yeah, let's 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 talk about it. Let's talk about it. Okay, okay. Let's talk about the money. So listen, I want to make this simple for our listeners, right? So let's talk about three different scenarios in which you can invest in Dubai. So let's call this one investor A. Investor A might be someone who's interested in investing in Dubai. They'd have no intention on necessarily relocating to Dubai, but they want to earn currency in different currencies, right? They want to just get a piece of the pie. This particular investor might be someone who would invest in what's called an off-plan project. So an off-plan project would be what we call new construction. So you invest in this project that is not built today, but will be built in the future, say two to four years out. So what happens is you say, hey, I want to invest in this project that you say will be here. Let's say I'll give you guys a live example because I just sold two of these units this week. There's a project in Dubai that will be uh, completed in the year 2025. I have investors who have put 20% down on this project and they won't make any additional payments on this project until the year 2024. What's different about the Dubai real estate market is that it allows for you to pay for your projects in cash. So whereas in the U.S., we're paying for a project for 30 years, they've structured payment plans for investors to be able to pay off their properties in seven years, 10 years or less, five years. Really, you can buy a cash same day as well. But this particular payment plan is a seven year payment plan. So if you think about it, this is opening an opportunity for Americans to say, hey, in seven years, I can own a property free and clear. So you put 20% down and then you make payments based on a schedule. So you have an amortization schedule. It just doesn't go 30 years down. So what's cool about this is it allows investors to come into the market once the property is built in two years, because this particular one is built, uh, will be completed in 2025. You now have the keys to your project. So it's no longer like something that's to be. It's here, right? Mm -hmm. So what you can now do is bring in Airbnb. You can bring in short-term rental. You can bring in long-term rental into that project. So now you own a project, but you've only paid 50% of what's due. The remaining 50% is still due up until 2030, but now you have a tenant in there. So guess who's paying that 1%? Or now you're doing Airbnb. So guess who's covering that cost for you? So this allows you to really pay 50% of 100% property that you own. So that's a really, really dope way. Well, let's let's back up a little bit. Okay. What does it take to buy a property in Dubai? Document wise. Yeah, because in America, yes, obviously, you gotta have Whew. your two years of tax return. Like, yeah. <laughs> you gotta have your blood type. Yes. You gotta have yes. all that that's stuff. Ridiculous. So yes. If you're going, if you're going to Dubai and you're trying to buy a property, what is what what do you have to have as far as documentation? Y'all listen, I really love that question because it's so simple to become an investor in Dubai. 
You only need a copy of your passport, your driver's license, a utility bill to show your local address in the U.S. or wherever you are in the world, as well as your email address and your phone number. You have that 20% down payment. You can so, start to become an investor. So they don't care about your income? They don't they, look at they, your income. Your credit, credit score, credit credit score. Your credit score does not matter. <laughs> what, what, about, Do we need to, what about interest rates? So let's go. So that was scenario number one. This okay. is a cash play. Okay, so this you. is for someone who wants to buy cash based on the strategic payment plan that they set out for you. Yeah, because as, as you're saying it, I'm thinking yes. like, if I do that in cash so, and I'm paying in seven years as opposed to 30, most people are thinking I'm going to pay more in the seven. No, because, right? because yes, yeah, so it's interest free. You're literally just saying, okay, pay here, pay here, pay here, pay here. There is no interest in this strategy. Wow. So that's investor number one, okay, or A, that we said. Investor B, that might be someone who wants the same type of strategy, but say they don't have $500,000, for example, to completely invest, but they may have two fifty. So what they can do is they can actually pay, take that same payment schedule, make payments, say, until the year 2024. It's going to be due in 25, but I want to actually resell my floor plan back to the market before it's completed. So I'm never actually paying the full cost of the property. I just have some money right now that I want to flip. So this is a, a strategy I've coined flipping the floor plan. In the U.S., when you sign the dotted line for a new construction project, you have to see it through to the end. You don't get to take advantage of phase two and phase three increases in, in appreciation. Mm -hmm. You own that property. In Dubai, you can sign today and you can resell after a certain threshold. That threshold is typically 30% of the purchase price. So if you put 20% down, and then you make another payment of 10%, you've now met that threshold to resell your floor plan to the market. So now you get to get your initial investment back and earn interest on that based on what you want to sell it for. Because guess what? You as the seller get to dictate what that new price is. And you've also hired that on-site team to work for you because guess what? That building is sold out. So the play is to wait for that building to sell out. You have this paper in your pocket. It's not yet built. But you're saying, hey, you're going to have buyers coming in here every day that want to buy into this project. Put me on the list to say, hey, I'm an interested seller. And now you can contact me when people are interested in this floor plan. Mm -hmm. And now you can resell it to the market. So now the developers and investors in Dubai are in a collaborative relationship versus in the U.S. It's like seller, buyer. We're at odds. In Dubai, they price it in a way in which they allow investors to also eat from their development projects. So um, bank financing is not really a thing. That's going to be scenario number three. But was that clear? Got you. Isn't that cool? I got it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's an amazing way to I'm gonna be able to- I'm going to let you do number three, then I have another question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, so, yeah. so investor C, this investor might be someone who wants something now. They want to relocate to Dubai. They want to start a business in Dubai. They're like, I want, or even I don't want to relocate, but I want Airbnb. I want to start making money in Dubai right now today. Mm -hmm. So this is going to be a resale strategy. If you want to purchase a property in Dubai and you want to resell the property or you want to just purchase it to live in or invest, you have to put down a threshold of 50%. So 50%, there's no longer the 10 or 20% options. The minimum for a foreign investor is 50%. So you can get 50% financing coupled with your 50% at closing. So when you close, you're bringing 50% and that lender is bringing 50%. What's required when it comes to lending as a foreign investor you do not have to move to Dubai to invest this way and obtain financing. But your banks will not be your traditional Bank of America or Chase. You will be using local banks. So what you do is they work through brokers. 
So there will be a broker that will help you find the local bank that best meets your criteria. So you're still going through a pre-approval process, essentially. You fill out an application, they ask you some questions. But what's really cool is that they're not heavily credit focused. So even if you have credit challenges, they're less concerned about credit. They're more concerned about capital. Okay. So if you have more capital and shaky credit, you'll still get the deal done. <laughs> they want foreign investors in the market. You is, know? is there a certain threshold that they're looking at? Or is it based on the overall pricing of the real estate that you're trying to buy, right? So if I'm trying to get a million dollar home, how much money or how much assets do I need to have to get that home? It's really, they're going to do a slight affordability calculation okay. with your debt to income to say you're approved for a million or not. Yeah. But because they're already requiring 50%, you're only still getting financed on 500,000 versus here, you get financed on 96.5% in most cases. So it's like, that's way more income that you need to provide. So Dubai is a very debt, um, they are debt averse. That, you you know know, it's saying? interesting. So most people buy property in cash. Cash. So this is something I was actually, I think it was Ghana. Mm -hmm. It was a country in Africa, in West Africa. Um, so there's another thing that American in the Western world has made normalized where if you really think about it, a lot of these places outside of America, the whole home buying process is different. It's so different. It's like, you don't, you if you have $200,000, then you buy a home for $200,000. That's it. No interest. Yes. It, it's really how it should be, honestly, mm -hmm. right? Because it's like we normalize buying things that we can't afford. Absolutely. So we put 10% down or 3.5% down. The lowest we can possibly Or 1% down on a home that costs $5 million, and now we got to pay a mortgage that we can't afford. Absolutely. And it's like, that's because... We live beyond our means. Yes. That's because we want things that we really can't afford. Mm -hmm. We want bigger. Mm -hmm. So it's like, well, why don't you just pay for something that you can afford? Yes, absolutely. But that's never really been taught to us because the mortgage, and even the way that banks work, a lot of these countries, especially on the Muslim countries, the banks don't charge interest. Mm -hmm. So the whole way that the banking system is set up is different. It's not really incentivized mm -hmm. for you to take a mortgage. Because when you're taking a mortgage, the bank is w really winning in this mm -hmm. situation. Right? Yeah, of course. So the amount of money that you're going to pay over a 30-year time frame, you could have bought three more houses yes. for the house that you just purchased. Yes, absolutely. So it's like even the way that we look at real estate in America, we have a different mindset. Mm -hmm. we're, tra we're trained to put ourselves in debt yes. for things that we traditionally can't afford to benefit the bank. Absolutely. Yeah. That's a beautiful way to explain it. And that's exactly what's happening. And that's why I really love that. So having a conversation with Americans now, and I'm like, well, if you want a property now, you have to put 50% down. It's like, oh, gut punch. Like, wait, what? What do I, what is, wait, wait. How do I do that? What, what in the world just happened? But imagine if we were trained our lives to say, no, you can own a property in seven years. How many more of us will be investors? How many more of us will own real estate free and clear? Because there's no annual property taxes. And make better financial decisions. Yes, exactly. If I know I need it, then I'm yeah. going to put it towards something that's going to actually add value. And so I really love that when they typically go through the financial aspect of what is necessary, they're going to look at your uh, last two years bank statements. That's the maximum that they'll ever do. Sometimes it can be shorter, three to six months. It's really, really capital focused. I can't emphasize that enough. <laughs> um, but in the scenario where you do get financing, there will be some interest. Um, but again, if you go back to option A and you pay cash, there is no interest. So that's the options that investors have. So it's really, really dope. So you said something, and we saw this as well. There was a lot of cranes. Yeah. Right? So that means there's a lot of development happening. Yes. Which 
sometimes could lead, and we've seen this happen in Florida, when there's too much property mm -hmm. and the market is oversaturated, mm -hmm. how do we know when or where we should be focusing? Because you also brought up the mainland and the free zone, mm -hmm. which are two different things, and yes. maybe you can explain that as well. How do we know that, you know what, this market won't be oversaturated in, in the next five to 10 years? Absolutely. I feel like oversaturation is kind of like just a, a mindset thing. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Because imagine if y'all didn't start a podcast because there were hundreds of podcasts. Mm. It's just about what can you provide value for? What makes Dubai unique to the world is a few reasons. One, there's no capital gains tax. There's no income tax. There's no property taxes. We got to slow so, down and say that again. <laughs> <laughs> don't, don't breeze over that. So there is no capital gains tax, no income taxes or any property taxes in Dubai. That alone allows so much cost savings for people that are ultra high net worth individuals, okay? Yeah. You're talking about the number three safest place to live in the world. Mm -hmm. So if you have a Bugatti in the US and you have to keep it in your garage, but you really wanna drive it, what good is it to have all these things that you can't enjoy? You come to Dubai and use that same money, you can enjoy everything that you, the fruits of your labor. You yeah. can truly relax and enjoy it. It is the number order. one most profitable destination for Airbnb. And it is the number one most popular travel destination. It's literally written in their airport. So what Dubai is creating is a safe haven for people who are entrepreneurial. I will also say when it comes to people who have service-based jobs, this is one of the, the cons that people may need to also pay attention to that's listening. If you are American and you don't have a specialized skill or you're not an entrepreneur and know how to actually generate income for yourself as a business owner, you're going to struggle in that market. It's not necessarily the place for you to come and say, oh, I'm going to put in all these applications. You have to come over there and have something to give. Mm -hmm. It's really kind of like... Yeah. Um, a give and take type of society. They allow you to do your thing, but you have to generate income for yourself. Unless you're coming over there, you're like a CEO of Google or something like that. But that middle ground doesn't really exist for Americans because the service-based business there, they're able to use uh, skilled labor. Yeah, they're able Different to, parts of the world. Yeah, different parts of the world and just the cost of labor is so much lower yeah. than what an American would expect. So you have to be able to generate your own income. Um, but your question though, as far as which areas, uh, are, are really popping. So on the luxury side, you have the Palm, you have the Dubai Marina, which is where I live. I absolutely love it. You know, waking up every day and being able to just see yachts at, at 10 o'clock in the morning, people are just out <laughs> living their best life is so inspiring to me. Um, the other areas I absolutely love, like downtown Dubai, Maidan City. Um, and then on the lower end, more affordable areas, you have places like the City of Arabia or Emar South or the Mac Hills and there are so many different areas that you can now invest in. The beautiful part about it is that it's a growing economy. So everything's open. You said something that was important to our Shy, really quick. So the, the free zone, is, is the Palms part of the free zone? How so does that work? That's going to be a part of the main. So free zone and mainland is just for people who are looking to start businesses to conduct business. Okay. It's like it allows you territories, essentially, to be gotcha. able to conduct business, to transact. But when it comes to actually investing you won't actually see a project advertised if you can't, as a foreign investor, purchase it. If it's something that's localized, that's more under wraps. That's not going to be listed for sale. To They actually identify on the listing if it's something that the public can purchase or if it's something an investor can purchase. Gotcha. But when it comes to like all these new developments, those are all for foreign investors. You said something that was, um, I want to get back to, mm -hmm. there's no property tax. Mm -hmm. That's another thing in America is like, you technically never really own never your property because yes. even if you buy it out in cash, yes. um, if you 
fall behind on your property taxes, then they can take your property. Absolutely. And that's something that, you know, property taxes, depending on where you live, that could be the mortgage right there. Yeah, and not to mention, you're not in control of it. It may start and it goes up. It goes up every year. It goes up, it goes up, and then you, you know, and then let's also think about the legacy play. We're all here to, we all have children. Well, yes, you do have a son too. So we all want to leave things to our children, and it's like, okay, if they get tired of the property, oftentimes we lose all of the things that we work so hard in the next generation, you know. But in this particular scenario, you leave this to your child in a the trust, they're going to keep it forever. So there's no, there's no property tax. There's no property taxes. Yeah. So can, can you correct me if I'm wrong, but I, I was reading. So you said no property tax, mm-hmm. no capital gains tax. Mm-hmm. And you brought up Google, so it made me think. There's no corporate tax. There's no corporate tax. But I, I was reading that that might be something that they look at change. That is something that they are open to changing very soon, within like 2024, 25 ish, yeah. which, you know, they may have a corporate tax. Yeah. I mean, they, they're like, listen now, y'all over here making too much money. So I'm thinking <laughs> like, if, if, I'm a, if I'm a corporate, yes. like, these enterprises and I come to Dubai, yes. I'm not paying corporate tax. Not paying even corporate for the next tax? two years. And even the proposal right now is saying about 9%. Yes. As opposed to the United States, which is 21%. Yes. Yes. It makes a lot of sense. It's a huge cost saving. So even if it's 9%, you're still saving money. And you're living in a place that's safe. And you have all this labor that is a lower expense. You know, it it just makes sense on so many different levels to at least think about it and have the conversation about why am I not investing or conducting business in this region. Another thing I want to also point out, you mentioned oversaturation Mm -hmm. and seeing all these projects. And it's like, okay, well, what are people actually doing with this real estate? You can go to Dubai and you might see buildings that may not seem like there are a lot of people in them. And there's a reason why. It's because people come to Dubai and they don't just purchase one unit. They purchase an entire floor. So you may see a floor in the building (laughs) that looks vacant, but the reason that it is is because it's just something they're either sitting on, somewhere that they're parking their money, you know, or a legacy play where they just bought it for them kids. They bought the floor for their kids. So let me ask you this. Um, Dubai Mm -hmm. is part of the UAE, United Arab Emirates, Mm -hmm. but there's other Emirates. Another emirate down the road mm-hmm. is Abu Dhabi. Yes. That's where we met. Mm-hmm. So the Abu Dhabi play is interesting because mm-hmm. from my understanding, correct me if I'm wrong, Dubai became so popular because they had the vision for the tourism. Correct. The but Abu Dhabi is the real finance capital. Mm-hmm. Abu Dhabi is the real money. Yes. That's they, they have way more wealth in Abu Dhabi than they have in Dubai. Mm-hmm. And they are obviously, you know, connected, but there's some level of competition as well. Oh, yeah. And Abu Dhabi is trying to catch up to Dubai as far as on the infrastructure and tourism side. Yes. So do you do work in Abu Dhabi and what are the opportunities for for Abu Dhabi? Because it's only an hour away. From it's Dubai. only an hour away. So Dri- I driving an hour. Driving an hour yeah. away, yeah. So I really love Abu Dhabi. I look at them as, I look at Dubai almost as like uh, the black sheep of the, of the UAE. It's one of those places where uh, you can go and you can have, like you said, any part of the world at your fingertips. Any experience that you want, you can have in Dubai. When it comes to Abu Dhabi, it is very much more conservative. You know, so the lifestyle shifts. It's like as soon as you drive into Abu Dhabi, it's almost like you feel at peace. You're like, where are the birds? Like, where, where? I need sound. Like, it's too perfect. What is going on? So it's really kind of about the vibe that you're going for. Like, I go to Abu Dhabi for relaxation. I go there because I want to make some high net worth connections, you know, but I don't see Abu Dhabi being as tourist friendly, if you will, as Dubai anytime soon, because they still want to keep 
some of their culture alive. I think when you start to just allow too much to happen, it can kind of overthrow your overarching goal of life, um, which I really do love because we all need those pockets to be able to like decompress and go back to, you know, and so, but they are doing a lot of development. They are much more wealthy um, than Dubai because they are oil focused. Dubai is not oil focused. They are tourism focused um, and, and supply chain focused. So that is also a misconception about Dubai. It's like they have this oil money. No, they have tourism money. And so that's why they're constantly building, constantly developing. And so the reason I love living there is because I'm a resident, but I get to take advantage of living in a tourism focused city. Yeah, when we were driving around, I kept seeing the same name on these buildings. Hopefully, Imar and Damak. Yo, Damak was everywhere. Everywhere. So I'm just trying to, can you explain what who that is? Uh-huh. I mean, I feel like they own every building. Yeah. So like, <laughs> Yeah, talk to us about what the Mac is yeah. and how they came to have all these properties in Dubai. Yeah, so Emar is a local-owned company um, by Emirates, but they're also, the Mac is actually a privately-owned company. So okay. they're kind of competitors, you know, but they're pretty flamboyant when it comes to their advertising and their marketing. Uh, I respect it, though. I'm like, look, Williams and Codex to y'all, you know? Yeah. Uh, that's the next goal. No, but they are basically just really project focused. So they're always developing and creating new projects. I think that they were just first to adapt and help to bring that master plan to the city. Mm -hmm. uh, I have to send y'all this master plan offline. Uh, the King's vision is just insane. We already have flying deliveries. You can actually order on Uber a helicopter to come pick you up. So our Uber app has a helicopter as an option. Nice. If you stay at the Burj Al Arab and you have a penthouse suite, they fly you to the hotel. So it's a lot of different things that are happening in this market that are so unique. <laughs> I mean, when we was out there, we were um, we was out, we was in Abu Dhabi for most of the time, but it was during F one week, so it was, oh, okay. it was more going it was more on. popping, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's, it's so, not much going like, on. Everybody was. It was all pop ups. Um, our mm -hmm. guy, uh, Don Poo, oh. he did a Brooklyn Chop House yes. pop up. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then uh, our guys from Tape, they they took over. They had a Tape pop up. Mm -hmm. Well, Tape is London. a big club in London. Oh. So they, they took over the nightclub. So it was oh, it was a vibe. Nice. Usher was out there. Oh, was he? Yeah, yeah. He I had, did much Usher. He had a show. Yeah. Kendrick Lamar was out there. Uh -huh. Had a show. Yeah, everybody was so, out there. But yeah. the thing, but the, the one thing is that um, the the government. Mm -hmm. I want to talk about that because like he was introducing us to a variety of different people, like mm -hmm. the minister of of event tourism, the minister of this, the minister of that, and you know, how important is it to make inroads with um, oh. gov government officials? That's the only way anything moves. So if you, that's one of the biggest things. So because it's such an area that has so much wealth, obviously have fraudsters too, okay? Where there's wealth, there's gonna be people that are not who they say they are. So it's very important to have the right relationships in government because culturally they move on their own time. You know, whereas in the U.S. it's like, okay, they have deadlines. On you can go online and say it's going to be due by this date, pushed by this date. It's very ambiguity. Uh, you know, a lot of ambiguity when it comes to Dubai because it's all relationship focused. So if I come to you and I'm like, okay, I've completed my application, whatever, whatever. If you have a relationship with the person behind me, you're going to service their application before mine, even though it's submitted first. Mm -hmm. So it's very heavily uh, relationship focused. And um, I've made some really, really cool, cool connections that I can't talk about on a podcast. <laughs> um, but I will say that they are very open to doing business um, where it can be a bit intimidating because they're very straight faced. They're very serious. So I'm still learning a lot about that. Um, and also how to greet them, how to conduct business, what to say, what not to say. That's another thing. Don't come over thinking that you can just have a conversation as if they're American because it's not. 
there are a lot of rules that you have to be aware of and respect when it comes to doing business. Like what? Like get, what's what's the rules? So I'm a hugger. I'm from the South. I'm a country girl. Y'all know me. Yeah. I love people. So if I see you and we have good energy and we're vibing, I'm like, ah! or I might stick my hand out. But there are certain things that you you should never touch, you know, without their permission. So let them stick their hand out to shake your hand or, you know, don't touch them. Don't hug them. You know what I'm saying? Or let them speak first. Or it's just different little subtleties that I'm learning. I still don't have it all the way down packed, but respect overall. So whatever is respectful, lean into that. So that's the best advice I can give. Lean into respect. I like that. Mm -hmm. Lean into it. Yeah. Uh, well, so what's the average price for, like, if I want, if I want to get a, all right, I want to get a place in Dubai, right? Yeah. What's a budget range where I can get something that's, give me, all right, give me decent, uh -huh. give me like nice, uh -huh. and give me like really, really nice. Got you. So I would say on the low end, you can start, and just to put it into U.S. dollars, we would say around 300000 U.S. dollars. For a condo. For a condo. One bedroom? One bedroom. So what people also need to realize too is that the space is going to be totally different. So whereas in the U.S. we were looking for all this space and closet space and this and that, they're very minimalist. So it's like you're going to buy an apartment or a condo, as we would call it, for the same price as you would a very nice home here in Atlanta. But you're not really thinking about it from buying it based on the size. You're buying into the money. You know, it's a money play. It's not a size. Play. So it's like New York. It's like New York. So 300,000 will get you what? 800, It'll get you 800, 800, 800, 800 square feet. So that's, that's, like that. that's like New York. Yeah. Oh, that's that's cheaper than New York. Yeah, it's still cheaper than New York. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah, definitely. They, they they had the the rental incomes for I think a three thousand square foot, or something like that mm -hmm. square foot by city. I mm -hmm. think on average downtown Dubai, the average rent let's say mm -hmm. three thousand dollars. Yeah, something roughly York, like that. It's like seven thousand dollars. It's still very much more affordable than a lot of the different yeah. places, and also the other countries around. So Dubai competes with other countries. You know, we're in the United States, so we're looking like kind of city to city. So right. it's like comparatively to the UK or whatever you might get in China or et cetera. So they're always kind of charting on that path to make sure we're still less expensive, but more square footage than our surrounding countries. So 300,000 300, on, on, on the low end. On the middle end, it kind of jumps to between five to like a million um, as far as your middle grade, where you can still be downtown. You can still get a view of the Burj. You can still get you know, a two lot of two bedroom. That would still be one to two bedrooms. That's just a still, better a better that's vibe. That's just a better vibe. That's just a better area. You're paying for more so location. Instead of being on the first floor, you're on the correct tenth floor. Yes, absolutely. And then when it comes to over a million plus, and you're looking at like five million and all of that, you're going to be in villas. So you're not really looking at villas under three million US. A villa, a villa would be like a townhouse, like your single family home. And that's that that's down that's on the outskirts of downtown. That's pretty much anywhere. Anywhere, gotcha. because it's not a villa focused area. Everything is built up, as y'all yes, saw. It's yes. like so many buildings. So everyone there buys apartments. Um, that's more of what the framework is architecturally. You're gonna get an apartment over a villa. If you're buying a villa, that's not necessarily an investment play. That's more of like I want to live here. I'm settled. This is my primary residence or secondary home for some people. But how was the appreciation? It's amazing. I mean, I, so for example, the project that I just sold, I mentioned I sold two units this week, right? Mm -hmm. They put down their down payment. I got a text message from my rep and she's like, we're increasing the prices by 10% next week. Yeah, I looked it up. I looked it up it's, for you. <laughs> so the average rate of return is uh, 8%. 8%. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then rental yields. Yes. Can you talk about that a little bit? Because Dubai also ranks number one mm -hmm. um, and they compared it to cities. So I know you said countries, but... Mm -hmm. Uh, eight percent uh, gross rental yield. Number two is London at three percent, mm -hmm. uh, and number three is Paris at two point seven five percent. So, 
talk about rental yields, right? Because a lot of people can get that confused. Rate of return or return on investment mm -hmm. versus rental yields is the difference between those two. Mm -hmm. But definitely, I think that Dubai is one of those places that is constantly growing, developing. Mm -hmm. Everything is on an upward swing. And the beautiful part about what I'm focused on right now, being in the off-land market, is that you're going to buy something and it will never be as low as it is right now. So that's why it's a huge strategy. I think that buying off-plan for people that are foreign investors is the best thing to do right now. So who's Dubai's competition? Because I know Saudi Arabia is making a strong push. Mm -hmm into everything that Dubai is kind of doing. Yes. Uh, that's what we've been told. Like, they set back and they watched mm -hmm. what Dubai did, and now they're positioning themselves to be bigger. Yes. They Obviously, nobody has more money than they don't. They have more money than everyone. <laughs> <laughs> so they're True. just like, we'll just throw money at it. So Saudi has some really incredible projects that are coming up, uh, such as Neom, which is the line city. So yes. that city is going to be all-encompassing. You never actually have to leave the city. They yeah. have all kind of things flying around in that city. Uh, you don't even need your own vehicle. It's really, really crazy. Uh, they also have the Turtle City. I forget the actual name of it, but it's like the Palm, but it's shaped like a turtle. Yes. But it's bigger than the Palm, and See it has that. more development. Um, they also that's, have that's in the middle of the water. It's the middle of the water. Yeah. It is insane <laughs> what they're doing. Yeah. Saudi is not playing, but what I feel the difference is they're going to have a hard time retraining our minds to feel safe there to feel not safe from a oh i'm going to get hurt perspective but to be myself you yeah. know with all the different communities that we have that are developed people don't feel comfortable partying or wearing certain I things i think or... that that's why they're doing such a strong push with culture yeah so like swiss he's becoming like the ambassador for saudi See, that's why and then like they have a music festival like that dj khaled come yeah they have future mm -hmm. they have fat joe and they can write the check so, yeah. so i think that that's anyone. a way to accelerate because mm -hmm. people have short memories yeah yeah and it's like once you start to have enough of those cultural type of vibes mm -hmm. you're going to forget Everything. Yeah. You're going to follow the culture there. You're going to follow the culture there. Yeah. And then especially when they see something dangly and shining, all you have to do is get a few Instagram influencers to show a really dope resort. Yeah. And they have one that I'm actually, that's pinned in my, <laughs> in my saved folder for travel in Saudi, where you're in the desert, but it's like caves and everything around you is so gorgeous. You know, so they're doing a great job on their marketing push to say it. Now yeah. it's just about, okay, relaxing some of the alcohol laws and being able to be more um, affectionate in public and different things like that. So it's just retraining our minds. And then, like you said, people have short memories. They're in the process of, of, of building the, the tallest uh, land structure in the yes. world as well. Yes. Right? So they sold the Burj Khalifa and they said, let's go higher than that. But now Dubai has another structure higher than then that. Then they came back <laughs> and said, we saw your plans. Yeah. Let's build one bigger than that. Yes, they're one bigger than that. So I love it. I mean, who... It's such an, uh, I love competition. I'm an athlete at heart. You know, I ran track all my life. And so for me, I like the competition because it's constantly forcing you to be better. It's like, okay, you can do this. All right, now how can I stretch you to be better? So I enjoy watching them Yeah. So when, when, when you think about yourself now, yeah. you're establishing your footprints in Dubai mm -hmm. and you're trailblazing. Thank you. But it's international. Mm -hmm. And so are there markets inside of the UAE or maybe somewhere else? that you, you have your eyes on in that 10 to 15 year vision plan? Ooh, shorter than that. <laughs> <laughs> yes, so I would say South Africa uh, would be one of the areas uh, between South Africa and Ghana. Uh, I think that those two areas really catch my attention quite a bit. Um, so what are we doing? What are we talking yeah, we about? We're going to Ghana at the end of the year. We are going to Ghana. I, actually, sure. I might be there um, because I wanted to go there for New Year's anyway. Okay, I, everybody's going to be there. Everybody's yeah, going to be there. So, so we're gonna we're gonna do Market Mondays. We got the Market Mondays tour. Okay, I'll be stop. There. That's the last stop on the tour. 
Yes. It's Ghana. So. I have some connections I can put you with in Ghana. I appreciate yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you. Yeah, um, I mean, it's all about relation. It's all about relationships. So let's speak to that, right? Because we really think the U.S. is all that, but Dubai is the Middle East, the middle of the world. I can literally get to Greece in six hours. I can be in Egypt in three hours. Well, when when we went there, we was talking with I forget he was a very high ranking um, official mm -hmm. in the government at Steve Harvey's um, gala, mm -hmm. and we was talking, we was having a conversation, and he was saying that um, all of the focus is on Asia and Africa. Mm -hmm. He's like, that's, that's where growth is. Mm -hmm. Asia and Africa. Yes. He's like that. That's, that's it. Up. That's it. That's it. it even, that's Everything it. else is, yeah, it's maxed Focus out. on that. Like, yeah. So I feel like even in America, I feel like, of course, America's our home. So yes. we always have, always love America. we always have a bias towards America, but mm -hmm. especially black people, we've always, you know, fought for freedoms and, and yes. justice and different things in that nature. And I feel like, you know. There's nothing that stops you from going different places. Mm -hmm. Like you know, you don't have to be confined to just yes. one part of the world. Yes. Like you can do business in different places. You can live in different places. You can yes. invest in different places. Whether it's Africa, mm -hmm. whether it's in the Middle East, whether it's in the Caribbean, whatever. Like when you see that you know opportunities are limited at one place. Mm -hmm. Then you go to another place. This is what people have done for America for a hundred years. Yes. This is why so many immigrants have come to America, right? Mm -hmm. Because they have Absolutely. they had oppression where they were at. They had obstacles. They had limited opportunities where they came from. Yes. So they came to America, established a, a new life for themselves, mm -hmm. and provided opportunities. Yes. And then actually even provided more opportunities back home. They sent money back home. They sent yes. opportunities. It's like. There's that's no, exactly. there's not, we can do the same thing. We can do the exact same thing. And that's an, a powerful point because we don't really flip it around. We always get upset about, oh, how did they get grants and they're not from here or they didn't do this. But now being on the other side of it where I'm entering into a foreign land, it's like, wow, I see it so much more differently because they woke up here, they grew here, but I have so much more hustle and so much more hunger to like, let me take advantage of this market. Like I see it, I'm eager, I'm anxious. And so that creates a sense of like, okay, I got to do this. And then it's a sink and swim mentality. I'm over there by myself. Like, I don't have another option. I put this out there to the world. I cannot fail. I have to make this work. I have to make it happen. So it's created a different en energy behind everything it's that gonna I work, do. It's going to work. The world is That's your oyster, Denise. Yeah, it, it really, it really I mean, is. And, and when, you, when you're over there, right, mm -hmm. it's not like you're going to drive down the street to somebody. To, no. Like, you got to figure these things out. So long. Mm -hmm. Way back from Savannah. Yeah. Uh, so we talked about a lot of the benefits. What What are some of the reasons that people maybe shouldn't invest mm -hmm. uh, in Dubai? Great. What question. are some of the cons? So some of the cons would be so as Rashad mentioned, we've been trained to live in debt. If you're someone that is uh, really struggles with debt and things of that nature, it's not the place for you because you will go to jail if you don't pay your bills. <laughs> so you're not signing these payment and plans. And you go to jail if you if you. Mm -hmm. Smoking weed. Yes. So don't you have over there. Yeah. yeah don't, no, no. You know, I heard it. They are they are laxing laws. They said mm. that they're trying that. to make it. <laughs> I don't know. I haven't heard that one. But um, yeah. If you if you plan on using drugs or selling drugs, yes, that is not the that's that is, not the part of the world to that's be. That's not the place that you want to be because you will be underground or in the desert. <laughs> you no, don't we, want we, that. We, we met we met somebody with a personal experience, their friend. Uh-huh. Yeah. So was, we knew somebody. We met somebody from New York. Their friend was in and he's serving like 30 years in jail. See? Yeah. They, they they don't it's it's not worth it. They said it's jail on the other side of the sun. That's it. 
So it's really one of the two. That's great. When they told me the other side of the sun, when they told me now, when they told me about the other side of the sun, I kept hearing about the other side of the sun. Mm -hmm. So I asked them, I'm like, well, what does that mean? Like, what's on the other side of the sun? They was like, well, have you ever seen the other side of the sun? I said, no. He's like, exactly. That's what it yeah. means. <laughs> no coming back. Get out of here. <laughs> you, you know, and so that's that's definitely that was another point that I was going to make. Definitely, recreational use of drugs is not going to be. The place and also if you don't have an open mind you have to think there's over 200 nationalities in dubai so you have to be willing to work with different people and have a level of patience that they may not say things but that you can quickly understand you know without being offensive and just being open to culture you don't want to be a part of conservatives because a lot of americans we don't like to be told what to do so it's like we have a natural buck in us like no you're not going to tell me i can't hold hands you're not going to tell me i can't wear this you can't so if you have that yeah kind of yeah mindset, yeah i am going to tell yeah, you yeah actually. i'm actually going to tell actually, you you're yeah. actually going yeah. to <laughs> we'll see the other side of it <laughs> okay you're going to do what i say it's that simple actually <laughs> yeah. and so you know those are just some of some of those reasons um and one thing that i will also say if you plan to conduct business in both the us and the uae Think about the fact that there is a huge time zone difference. I'm literally a walking zombie most days because I'm working for the U.S. and then I'm working Dubai. And so some days I don't get rest because I'm working two time zones. Like, obviously, there's going to have to be an adjustment where I choose. But for now, it's a hustle, you know. And so I'm just like, make sure you take that into consideration because you might want to talk to your mom every day. But that's going to change because when she wakes up, you're going to sleep and vice versa. So relationships will start to become strained because it's difficult. It's difficult. Um, let me ask you this: yeah, yeah, yeah. How do you get? How are you getting clients? Mm -hmm. You're selling. Who are you? Who are your clients? Yeah. And how are you? How like you started a business, right? Mm -hmm. But how did you be able to grow that business, and how are you able to get people into your funnel? So the biggest thing is, you know, I think that you all only interview people who have proof of concept, right? So that is something that I have developed over the last 11 years. I've been in real estate since 2012. And so I've built up a brand that people know, like, and trust. And because I've already done business now, all I'm doing is doing the same thing I've been doing, getting on social media, showing projects, showing people like, this is what I'm now doing. I have created this community and following of people that are like interested in me organically. So what I've done, my strategy is I'm like, okay, be the first, number one. That's like, boom, eye opener. Number two is I'm bringing my audience to this region. So my focus, I didn't go into their market saying, Trying I'm going to work get, with Emiratis. You're working with Americans. I'm working with Americans. Yeah. I'm like, this is my market. It's wide open because we don't know about it. But we have the money. We just don't know where the opportunities are. So if I spread the message about, hey, here are the opportunities, Americans are going to listen to me because now I speak their language. I can break down a contract to you in a way that you understand. We've developed trust. You know how I know how to handle the culture. I know what you expect. You would much rather work with me than someone from Pakistan that can't explain a contract to you in a way that you can understand. Yeah. Why? Because you're going to feel like it's a scam. Yeah. So because of that, I've positioned myself to be the authority figure to say, hey, come, listen. It's not that people haven't wanted to invest for 100 years. It's just that they don't have anyone to trust. Yeah, you're a brand that they can trust and you're on the ground. Yes. And so I'm hosting events. So I just hosted an event, Invest Dubai 2023 in March, doing it again in November. I had about 30 people come the first time from the Netherlands, from the US, from Africa that came and attended my first event. So what I'm doing is putting it out there. And people are naturally interested because it's Dubai. So what's that event? What's the event? So Invest Dubai 2023 is an event that is focused on investors who want to learn about purchasing real estate in the in the Middle East. 
So they're going to come. We're going to have a welcome dinner, a seminar where I break down how to invest. They're going to get access to my development partners. They're going to see, touch, and feel projects. So we're going to do a property tour where you're actually walking it yourself because people always think something is up. Mm -hmm. So I think it's important that you show them, like, no, really come. Like, it's not a scam. It's really happening. And people are literally buying up this city every single day. So I want you to see it. Um, and then just sprinkling in some fun. You know, it's a great place to be. You have the dates for November? November 29th through December 3rd. Dubai embraced me like an Emirati. Yeah. November. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm asking for dates because uh, <laughs> this is true. Mm -hmm. But uh, <laughs> there's, there's a few. I think uh, the gala might be happening around it that time. It is happening around so that same if time. We're out there, then we're doing You got to definitely pull up. Yeah. You know? yes, got to pull up. So that event is going to be amazing. So my vision How many for people that, are you expecting? I'm expecting between 50 to 100 people. Um, I had 98 people on my wait list. Like, I don't want to give it all away, but it is going to be happening during the city's anniversary. So mm. it'll be their 52nd year anniversary. So it's going to be a live city. The Burge is going to be lit, uh, you know, lit. Burgess Everyone's Burgess. in town. It's perfect weather. It's so much to do. I can't wait. Like, I'm putting my heart and soul into this event. This when when you, you uh, have, you know, some of your clients come over, do you speak to them about maybe dual citizenship? Yeah. And how that can be a benefit from a tax perspective? Absolutely. So it's not citizenship, it's residency. Residency, okay. Yeah. So you get to actually get residency by a couple ways. You can purchase it through opening a business or you can purchase it through real estate. So if you meet the threshold of a $2 million, not dollar, Durham purchase, which is equivalent to about 500000 US, mm -hmm. you can actually get a golden visa, which will allow you to have residency for 10 years. So you can pay for it through a company or pay for it through real estate to obtain residency in the city. Mm. Mm -hmm. So, all right, well, <laughs> there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> yes. Very insightful conversation. Um, how can people follow you? How can they, social media, yeah, yeah, all that type of stuff? Definitely. So you can follow me at denisethebroker.com. That is my website or all platforms on social at Denise the Broker. Cannot wait to connect with you guys if you're interested in investing in Dubai or have any questions about the market. Give me a call at 971-5858-34407. That is my international line. So WhatsApp is free. And yeah, I would love to connect with you. WhatsApp is the vibe. WhatsApp is the vibe. Okay, so before we wrap, I have just a small little token of appreciation and gift behind your chairs. If you could just oh, take a look. Okay. Yes, like Oprah. <laughs> I have been called Oprah a few times here and there. So I just wanted to say that I just appreciate you guys, not just for this opportunity, but for what you are doing for the culture and beyond, because it's no longer just about the culture. You guys are an international brand. We're all world changers. And I appreciate what you all are doing every single day. Like, I know that it's not easy. And ever since I've done this, I look at y'all in such a different light because I'm like, how do they live this life every day? <laughs> so I wanted to just let y'all oh, wow. continue to take over the world. Wow. You are not a local brand. You are a global brand. And this is just a globe to remember and remind you that the world is yours. The biggest. The biggest. The biggest. The biggest just got bigger. That is a fact. The world is. I wanted to be travel size. I'm like, I know y'all gonna yes. be moving. Nah, this around. is dope. This is fire. Thank yes, you. you're so Thank welcome. You. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. You're Appreciate welcome. it. You're welcome. Yes. Hashtag the biggest. <laughs> right. Hashtag had the kind to keep that very, on. Very, very, very important. <laughs> very important. Well, thank you. This has been a very enlightful conversation. Um, definitely encourage everybody to travel, not just to Dubai, any any part of the world. Yes. I think that traveling is something that expands your mind. Yes. And um, provides a lot of great value to you. 
and, um, you know, get to see different cultures and just get to experience different things. One of the things that we've been blessed to do with Earn Your Leisure, like we've been able to travel a lot yeah. domestically and internationally. So um, always my, been my favorite thing since I, since I was a kid. I love to travel. So um, it's encouraging that what you're doing, continue the success. And uh, yeah, we'll see you at the, at the Burj Khalifa. Yes! Wow. To have Denise, the international broker, in the building. <laughs> we, gotta, we gotta change the name. Yes, I have to change it. That's yes, a new trademark. That's a new fact, yeah. You have it. Thank yeah. you guys for Thank rocking with so us. Much. We'll see you next week. Bye. Peace. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of plan investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com.